And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, you're a you're a horror movie fan, right? Eh, honestly, never really got into them. I, I, I just, there's something about being scared. It just doesn't appeal to me. It just, it makes you feel uncomfortable. You just get this feeling in your stomach, so. Have know. you seen La Miel del Diablo? Um, yeah, the thing you have to understand is well, there's a lot of, uh, titles that translate into English as different titles, so okay. is there another name I might know? No, hold on. You'd know the poster. I can't really see the poster. Uh, there's a man playing a saxophone and the bell <laughs> of the saxophone is directly on part of a woman, and I'll let you at home guess which part. Yeah, I really can't. It's, it's not in focus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's your book anyways, but I was just flipping through because it happened to be nearby, and I was like, all right. <laughs> the only thing you have to understand about, especially that book, which is, you know, Giallo, 70s, uh, Italian horror, uh, there it definitely has, you know, let's say a pinch of sexploitation in it as well, so it, it's not... Uncommon to have some sort of sexually charged themes in these films. They're foreign, you know, they're a little more loose I'm, than we are here in America. I'm just saying, had I seen that poster before fourth grade, I would have chosen a different instrument to play. Man, I wanted to play the saxophone. The only reason why I ended up playing the trumpet was because it was significantly cheaper to get one. I... I don't remember why I wanted to play the trumpet. I had a drum set. My parents were like, hey, maybe you should be a percussionist. And in hindsight, I'm like, I really should have been a percussionist. Like, it makes a lot more sense. But no, for some reason, I don't know. I've always heard that percussionists. Well, actually, I won't say I've always heard this, but I remember my my concert band teacher when I was younger saying the best percussionists are good at math. What are you implying? I'm not implying anything. You suggesting that my D in math 102 was is is not Yes, I I think I would I'm not have suggesting anything. I think I would have difficulty staying in the pocket as it were. Mm. But Hey, I wouldn't be any good at it either, and I tend to be okay at math, but I don't think I'd be good at percussion. So there you go. All right. Um, Something that we're equally bad at. Although, actually, I, I take that back. You actually probably would be better. I know, you know, you, you had some vocal percussion sort of stuff. I actually thought you were pretty good. You only ever just sort of screwed around with it, I think, through college. But I remember I thinking you were pretty good. I auditioned for an acapella group. Yeah. And said that I was going as a vocal percussionist and they were like, okay, well, let's hear it. And I did some and they were like, oh, that was pretty good. Do you sing? And I went, what? No. And I remember they were like, well, let's just do some scales. And I was like, okay. And I should have at that moment just been like, you know what? 
I, I know where this is going. This isn't for me. If you, have, if, you, if you need help on how to make the proper consonant sounds for the different instruments, let me know. But I went through the most awkward la 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 la. <laughs> and they were like, sir, I don't know if you know this, but you're tone deaf. And, and I remember getting a call from one of them. They was like, look, you're a really nice guy. And obviously, you know, you have some talent, but we're going to go in a different direction. And I was like, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I appreciate the phone call. If we ever had our own band or even an improv troupe, a different direction isn't a bad name. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was soon after that that we got into, you know, the whole improv thing started for us. And then I was like, oh, mm. well, if I was in an acapella group, I wouldn't have even gone this way. I don't know if friend of the show Eric is still listening or not. Um, but I recently, walking around the campus where I work, saw a flyer. Uh, for, you know, the evolution of the improv group you and I were involved in, it would eventually go by another name. And yeah. I saw a flyer for it. It still exists. They're still keep on keeping on. They're doing shows. Good. So that's kind of fun all these I years think, later. I think you and I should show up and be like, hey, we're uh, we're kind of like you're all go your grandfathers. So uh, I've considered doing that. But then I said, uh, that sounds like too much work. I'd actually have to go somewhere in the evenings. Yeah, forget it. Anyone want to do a Herald? Let's try a Herald. Fuck you, Herald. <laughs> I want to sell back soup at a deli. Is that funny? Can I sell back soup at a deli? No, uh, but maybe you should return the napkins at a deli. <laughs> I, it's funny when you just Fuck all of a you, sudden... Max. <laughs> It's funny how all of a sudden you're like, I haven't thought about that person in 10 or so years, if not longer. And then all of a sudden we're having this conversation. And I was like, oh, man, he always wanted to sell back soup at a deli. I don't know why he thought that was going to be funny the 5th, 6th, 28th time. You got to admire somebody really sticking to their guns. Do you, though? No, no, you do, don't. Do you? <laughs> no, um, not really. What What's good, Doc Manson? It's fall. It's dark outside yeah. as we record, which well, is unusual for us. Yeah. It's been a busy week, busy few weeks. You know I've had some troubles, ongoing troubles at my place of employment. Nothing yeah. serious, but that's finally sort of resolving. I've got one more meeting I think I'm going to have to go to on the issues. But after that... It should be nice and resolved. I'm going to be able to put my feet up on my desk and just bask in the glory of it being over. What I think is funny is I'm trying to put myself in the perspective of one of our listeners, one of the yeah. tens of listeners, and I want to know what they imagine Doc Manson at a department meeting is like. Because <laughs> I sometimes imagine that. I'm like, oh, I wonder what they think. D.C. Matthews in front of a group of children is like. Oh, no, and, we, we, we know what you're like in front of a group of students. You've told us about all the work you don't do in terms of, like, setting up your classroom. And no, I don't. Engaging your students and I challenging that. I, I try I'm to kidding. do the I try I'm to kidding, do those two obviously. things. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm, but, yeah, yeah no, the, the, the setting up part, I'm like, oh, no, that's organic. That'll happen. 
<laughs> I do find, though, I, I find very, very often, just to connect the conversation so far, that the improv experience that we've had actually serves me well in my job. 100%. The one thing that I think is very different is in improv, although I will say, I, I think I was always very good at thinking on my feet, and I think eventually I learned to stay away from the blue humor, at least certainly more than others. Yeah. Um, so, But yeah, the thing that it didn't necessarily prepare me for is just how diplomatic one has to be. Sure. In, in all situations, and, and that's something that I, I'm quite good at now. Um, I think you, as well as listeners, might be surprised by how diplomatic I am known to be in my place of employment. I, I think I totally believe that. I'm not sure the listeners do, because they don't know you yeah. as well as I do, but I know yeah. you can be that way. So here's a question. If we went in, and we went to an improv rehearsal practice session do you think your improv skills like what do you think would be different between 35 ish year old doc manson and 20 year old doc manson besides the um, blue hoop i also think that i relied a bit more on physical humor like a catastrophe compression i was never afraid to just throw my body around sure and at this point i would be hesitant, I think, to do so. Yeah. I, I am falling apart on a daily basis just <laughs> sitting here, so no need to rush that along. I think, now granted, I tended to find myself, whether I was the MC or just kind of, I had that role of like, oh, I'm going to do, you know, we're going to play slideshow. And you, were, you were frequently the straight man or the foil, I would say, yes. uh, to the others, which is an important which, role. I'm not, I'm not dissing I, that. I understand. And obviously for the last 192 episodes or though, <laughs> I've kind of, that, that doesn't, that makes total sense to me. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would be even more so. I'd be like, all right, let me start referencing all of the books I've read, and let's let's walk you through Greek mythology. And here's I think at some point somebody would just sort of take you by the arm and say, "Look, you're a nice guy, but I think we're going to go in a different direction." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I know that Del Close always said you should talk at the top of your intelligence. Maybe not with a group of. 18 to 22 year olds they don't need to know all of the names of the various muses oh okay sorry yeah maybe maybe not maybe yeah. not <laughs> but that's that again i'm glad that's what i find you know sometimes my wife will ask me if i miss the performing that came out of theater and, and improv and i'm like well my job involves some performing and we do this i think yeah. if I think if we stopped doing this podcast, I would be like, all right, let me see if I can find either a local improv group or some sort of theater to get involved in. Very much, I feel like this show is a great creative outlet for those urges, let's say. Yeah. Um, I know that we are DDT wrestling, but I got to tell you, I don't know that there's a ton to talk about. I, I failed to mention last week. We should bring up good King Corbin, my Ugh. ruler, my monarch, my Who hero. Cares? Good King Corbin, Baron Wait, Corbin, the king he, of the ring. Did he win the king of the ring? He is the king 
of the ring with a crown and a cape and a scepter. You know that meme? And still Stop a tank trying to make pants. blank happen. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, just let's just stop with the Corbin stuff. I'm just t- I'm telling you, uh, he wrestled Chad Gable in a rematch from the King of the Ring final on Raw on Monday, and the crowd was jumping around and screaming and into it in a way that you don't often see in WWE anymore. I mean, I, I'll, that's fine and all. I, and again, I I haven't seen it, but I will say they're. Their incessant attitude to keep focusing the product on Baron Corbin was a big part of my decision to stop watching. I'm telling you, there's a pretty decent chance he's going to be the one to beat Kofi Kingston for that title. Yeah, I mean, to hear you say the way they're setting him up. That doesn't surprise me to hear. No, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons why there, I don't feel like there's a lot to talk about is <clears throat> next Wednesday, a week from today, is AEW Dynamite on TNT. It's Dynamite. Dynamite! Um, TNT! And then, and then two days later is the first Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah. So and then there's going to be a draft and hell in a cell and all of that. So the thing that gets I feel me about like the we draft are, is well, it doesn't matter that we're on different networks. You know this draft doesn't mean anything. They'll give it their good honest try for a year or two, and they're going to be right back where they are. It happens every time they split the brands. I I just I, I have no faith. I my I faith has been shook. I am shooken. I am shaken. I am not stirred, DC Matthews. Do you drink martinis? Not really. You? I was going to say. I, I, I've had one or two. It yeah. kind of tastes like gasoline. That's that's kind of it. I'm like, I, what does it matter? It tastes terrible either way. Yeah, um, Don't be wrong. I like some hard liquor. I like myself an old-fashioned, a whiskey sour, a Manhattan even with some nice vermouth in there. But yeah, no, a martini? Hmm, Pass. But I understand your apathy. I do understand that, like, we've had so many brand splits, brand reunions, brand splits. And now we've had the wild card rule. Apparently, that's going to go away with this draft. They're not going to be crossing brands as much anymore. Although, the November pay-per-view is Survivor Series, which lately has become Raw versus SmackDown. So, um, uh-huh. After that, after that, we'll we'll keep them separate. But I did, you know, I watched part of Raw. I haven't watched SmackDown yet. Next week on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, because it's the season premiere. Because they have seasons, you're right. On yeah, a okay. show that doesn't ever stop. I don't understand how that works. So is this season thirty six or something? Or I don't know. Uh, but you're going to be able to watch Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Oh, great! That's going to be a good match. What do you? What do you? Okay. You like Rey Mysterio? Yeah, he's old. You like Seth Rollins? Do I? Uh, no, not really. Do I? The Fiend came out and attacked Braun Strowman. 
This is why people don't listen to our show, isn't it? Because I'm not even, like, pretending anymore. Although, that's I, not true. Last week, I was pretty positive on the wrestling stuff you were telling me. I, I don't yeah. know. Back and forth. Back and forth. I, I think if I had pitched it right, I kind of was like, eh. And that's yeah. kind of how I feel. I'm like, and, you set you the know. tone. Well, let's let's talk wrestling this way. I I pitched I pitched this idea on Twitter, and I would just like to know if you're at all interested. But I would like for us today to uh, redo. We're gonna we're gonna be producers, and we are pitching. We're having a pitch meeting. Uh, we're going to be doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory another time. Not a Johnny Depp version. We're going to do a new one. But this time, it is entirely starring WWE superstars. So Vince, so Vince McMahon, I think, obviously has to play Willy Wonka because it's his um, factory. I don't know about that at all. I think you could get somebody far more entertaining to play Willy Wonka, and he could just be... Geez, what's the the old guy with the concern about the money? I can't remember the character names from Willy Wonka. So, what is it? Slug? Not Slughorn. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I meant. You know where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. That's Vince so, McMahon to me. So, who would you cast as Willy Wonka? It's got to be somebody who's energetic, dynamic, engaging. Dean Ambrose. He's not in the WWE. <laughs> Sami um, Zayn. While that would be fun, I'm seeing Sami Zayn more as um, Grandpa. Uh, what's Grandpa's name there? Grandpa Joe. Joe, Grandpa Joe. I see him being in a square-shaped bed. With three other not people. Moving for, yeah, with three other people not moving. Hopped up on drugs, if we're talking about What's the, the most number of people you've ever shared a bed with? Like an actual physical bed? As opposed to? Well, as opposed to like a sleepover where you all just sort of are canoodling on the floor. No, that is not what I'm pile. talking about. I'm talking about an actual bet. Um, I don't know. Three or four? Okay. It just seemed like there's a better way to do that than how they did it, which is each couple, like, inverse. Something's oh, there's better going- ways to do it, all right. So someone something's going on in the we Charlie Bucket Sanj House. about that. Something's going on in the Bucket House. I don't know what it is. Mm. So who would you cast as Willy Wonka? Because I'm still thinking on that. I I enjoyed the Vince McMahon idea, if only because I want to hear him do that final speech where he's like, "Good day, sir." Um, but I could also understand you'd want to cast somebody else. Uh, somebody had suggested Ric Flair as Grandpa Joe, which yeah. I thought was. Kind well, of I mean, he is the oldest man in wrestling, so it makes perfect sense. You know, Charlotte would make sense as Veruca Salt. Somebody said Otis from Heavy Machinery is Augustus Gloop. <laughs> okay. Think the, yeah. the Miz is Mike TV. Bailey is uh, Violet Beauregard. Chad Gable would make a good Charlie Bucket, I suppose. I don't know. I've given this obviously far too much thought. I, I agree. Far too much thought. But it sounds like you and some other Twitters had some fun. What's going on in the Find Your Happy chat? Is the countdown to 200 on? Not really. They're mostly just talking about other podcasts. 
What? Except except for Sanj, who's you're allowing that to happen. You're allowing mostly them talking to about talk strip ab- clubs in Poland. But what? <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not in there. You're allowing <laughs> them to talk about other podcasts in the find well, your happy chat. I can't exactly stop them. They're very happy with. Although, honestly, yeah, I don't know. It, it's been a lot of negative talk recently about different things. It seems like a lot of shows are shutting down. Longtime shows in the community, not just NAI, but also some others and. You know, off and on, they're sort of just sort of considering the whole scene, I guess you could say. Are they talking about and, the bursted bubble? Yeah, to some extent, I think. And, you know, talking about Patreons and giving money and what sort of investment that makes you feel towards a brand and how you feel when those sorts of things burst. You know, that is some some people say that we've earned it. But I think they're just being generous because they know I'm in the chat. <laughs> I also think we've, you know, certain there there are people who have had podcasts in their Patreon. They promise a lot. We're gonna do this. We're gonna we have, have this extra show. Nothing. We were like, "We'll I'll think of you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I do. When I remember no, to look fair. at the Patreon page, which granted isn't often. Patreon.com yeah. forward slash GDT Wrestling. By the way. By the way. Yes, go there. Give us money. Yeah, money, 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 money. Eh, I don't know. It's nice and all, but yeah, I don't know. So it just—it seems like there's a lot of ups and downs. People talking sure. about communities they've been a part of for a long time, and sort of moving away from those. You, you know, it's 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 an interesting sort of recollection, nostalgia thing right now. I think you know. What do you think the average age of the Find Your Happy Chat is? I know Glenn's kind of the outlier because Glenn's... Right, so if you add him into the average, it's going to skew things. Sorry, Glenn. Sure. Although, in fairness, I think if you add you and me to the chat, it also skews the average. But that's what I'm talking about. I I think this is one of those, you know, a lot of people got into this when they were probably in their teens, maybe early 20s. How old do you think Mitchell is? I don't know if Mitchell's in the Find Your Happy Chat. I would say Mitchell is probably... I'm guessing like 30? Yeah, I was going to say maybe like 31. Yeah, I don't really know. Danielle's mid-20s. I'm going to say like 23, 24. Yeah, you know. I'm going to say the same for like... Pav. Pav? Okay. Which is it? I know NAI is often... Pav, 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 what do they say? You have to tell me what I'm supposed to do about this. About what? Obviously, we're approaching episode 200. Uh-huh. And obviously, it has been hinted and suggested <laughs> to me that Pav is going to return to the DDT podcast in some sort of glorious fashion. Now, Pav and I have a past... While I'm not necessarily proud of the way I handled things, at the same time, I'm also still not particularly thrilled with what he did. So am I supposed to just water under the bridge and move on? Like if he starts first, yes. And two, I honestly think you should take a moment to consider that somebody cared enough about our stupid little weekly bullshit show. To regale us in this multi-week st- story. I mean, let's face it. He was more committed to the bit than we ever have been. 
But I think the idea is that's our that's our mo. We're not necessarily super committed to the bit. I guess, but again, I just have. I think you should have an appreciation that that somebody is willing to put in that kind of time and effort. Okay, I'll take your your ideas under advisement. I'm sure you will. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, this morning. When I checked uh, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. No, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. What is it? Yeah, that's it. Podcast at ddt. For a second, I was like, have I been sending them the wrong email for weeks? And that's Probably. Um, we had one email from Forrest. AKA a baker's boss. dozen. Uh, we now have eight. A baker's S- dozen. We're approaching. We're approaching. So... Um, oh, I want before we get to the emails, um, your week was good. Your wife's week was good. Sure. Why? Your dog's week was good. <laughs> That's where this is going. Yes. Um, I demand praise for something. I did nothing. Well, I for. was so surprised. Honestly, uh, we got uh, some packages in the mail and um, the first one showed up on the doorstep and we we're like, did you order something? No, did you order something? No. We open it up, and what do we see staring at us? But a little miniature Money in the Bank briefcase. Stuffed toy. It's it's hanging on this big, thick, gray rope, like you might suspend it above the ring. And we're like, what is this? At first, Mrs. Mance is like, is this from your brother? Because he's like the only person that we know otherwise that's into wrestling. And... We were like, I don't think so. And like, is there a note? Is there a thing in there? Is, it, is there a thing from someone? And she goes back into the packaging and she goes, it's from DC. Mind blown. We weren't expecting it. Um, so yes, Oscar really enjoyed that. And it turns out that was not the end of the surprises. Mm-hmm. I, I think Mrs. Matthews hinted at this as well. And the next day we find yet another package on our doorstep. And it is a, a, a miniature sort of dog bed with the WWE Championship on it. Uh, and I will have you know that Oscar has already destroyed the Money in the Bank toy. <laughs> <laughs> we had to basically remove the rope from the briefcase, take off this hard plastic piece, which was holding the whole thing together. And then we took the rope, put it back to the briefcase, and just sort of tied it off as well as we could. Um, so that one is, is mostly destroyed. And then he just, this bed is almost too small for him, but he can cram himself into it. So he goes back and forth between just sort of shoveling himself into the space and then also just sort of taking the bed and whipping it around and throwing it around, (laughs) carrying it around the house. So he's quite pleased, honestly, with both of these things. Um, So thank you. That was very unexpected. Well, well, okay. So let me me tell you, I think I, I tweeted briefly about this. So my wife, whom I love endlessly, um, is always checking online. She goes to all of these deal websites just to see what's out there, what's some good bargains, and she finds all this great stuff. So all of a sudden she like, I don't, yeah, no, she calls me into the other room. She's like, come look at this. And she shows me the, the bed first. Okay. And so she's like, do you think this would fit Oscar? And I'm like, it's a picture of a bed. How do I know if it's going to fit <laughs> Oscar? Very supportive but, um, DC. Very supportive. But I said, yes. And she was like, okay. 
I think we should get this for Oscar. We we don't often get him anything, and he is, for all intents and purposes, the 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 baby, the progeny, of of Doc and Mrs. Manson. And I said, okay, great. And then two minutes later, and I walk, I go, okay, great. That's awesome. I love the idea. <laughs> and I wander back into my cave. And two minutes later, she goes, there's this too. And so I wander back out and she sees the, the, the rope. And I was, so my part, my only job, I had two jobs. Number one, would it fit? So I just said, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And right. number, and number two, I had to give your address to her so she could type it in, but she bought it. She sent it. And so, you know, I enjoyed the, the, we got a little video of it. And I love that the first words we hear are Doc Manson being like, well, this hard plastic thing's going to be a problem. <laughs> I will have, you know, I'm sure it was immediately I'm not destroyed you're it. wrong. That hard plastic piece was the piece holding the rope to the briefcase because the, the rope itself was actually only doubled up on itself with that hard plastic piece holding it in place. Got and so it. that's what he broke. He immediately cracked the hard plastic. So we had to remove it so he wouldn't just keep chipping it away and swallowing it. And then the whole thing came apart. Wow. I didn't mean that as an insult to the gift. No, it was no, just, I don't. This I... is our dog. He is a destroyer. Well, and yes, if there's a hard plastic part, that's going to be a problem regardless. But no, I just I was glad that Oscar enjoys it. I look forward to being over there at some point and have him wandering around throwing his bed at me when he's not trying to <laughs> say hi to my leg. So oh, he loves your leg. He does. Um, such a nice leg. Thank you. That's sweet of you. All right. So, yes, I was. Uh, that was very nice to get those messages. So I hope they was, hope yeah. he enjoys and doesn't hurt himself trying to climb that ladder. But Mr. Oscar in the <laughs> bank. <clears throat> All right, let us get to the emails. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Like I said, we have eight of them. The first one comes from Forrest, and I'm going to have you read this because this isn't even about our podcast. Hello, DC. In Doc. <laughs> How did he know? <laughs> Ow. Uh, this is more of a question for Sound Scary. Will you release In the Night at the end of the season as one complete episode? Uh, maybe. We definitely could. You're not the first person to ask us that, so I think so. I've mentioned it to GQ. He seems uh, he couldn't believe that anybody wanted that, actually, when I first told him that. Um, but yeah, we've heard it from a few people now, so maybe. I don't see why not. Uh, Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse, and The Fiend have a must-watch. I hope they put the gold on him at Hick. <laughs> also, love both returns of Harper and Rusev. I feel at this point, with the amount of wrestlers WWE has, that they should give them a month or two off from house shows to recharge, refresh, and recover. Keep up the good work on both podcasts. Best to you and yours, Bosk. Sent from my iPhone. Had I known, had I actually read the email and not just the first line that Google shows you, I would have known that this email actually had to do with me. I really thought it was just a sound scary email. And they didn't know what email to send it to. So they sent it here. Um, yeah. Bray Wyatt took over the WWE intro, like the then now forever piece was having like glitches and the fiends face kept popping up. Um, I'm in, I'm really, I'm enjoying what they, I loved the part, you know, he, he appeared in the ring. He gave the mandible claw to Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman goes down. Seth Rollins is it's after a match. So he's kind of, laying in the corner, kind of recovering and staying out of the way. The fiend kind of crawls towards him, 
Braun gets back up, charges at Bray Wyatt, who immediately puts the mandible claw back on him and takes him down again. So while not great for the Braun Strowman character, the Fiend apparently had a house show over the weekend. Seth Rollins gave the stomp to the Fiend six times and he got up after each one. All so, right. so I'm I'm enjoying that they they really seem to be going all in on this supernatural character. This is what we wanted Bray Wyatt to be <clears throat> when he was feuding with the Undertaker. We were like, yes, you're going to be the next wrestle yeah. spooky character, and it didn't happen. But now it seems to be working. I just hope for his sake that they run with him this time. He's very capable. I think he's very creative. And I think this character seems more focused than Bray Wyatt ever was. You know, I, I frequently had issues with his promos before. And I can't say I've seen a promo by The Fiend, but all the Firefly Funhouse stuff seems at least He doesn't focused. have one. Like, yeah. Bray, The Fiend, as far as I know, with the exception of maybe saying let me in and yowie wowie, doesn't speak. I'm okay with it. No. I just hope too. they run with it. I hope he wins some matches. Hope he wins I... some titles. If they go this route, it is entirely possible that we're going to have The Fiend versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series if it's going to be champion versus champion. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm hoping it would work out well and The Fiend would win, but that's Brock Lesnar. We're also getting next week uh, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon ladder match. Winner. Right. Apparently I it's winner. Ta- Kevin Owens was fired. Yes, then he said he was going to sue... Shane McMahon because for wrongful termination. Now it's apparently a winner take all match. I don't exactly know what what the winner take all part is, but I'm looking it up. What is on the line? Do either of them have a title? No, I I don't know if it's either like the salary. I'm guessing only one of us can be employed. I think that's kind of it. I'm wondering if this is the end of. Shane McMahon on TV, but let's see. When will the big Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens stipulation match take place? All right. Owens noted that Shane's lawyers will draw up some documents and place them in a briefcase to be hung over the ring. If Owens loses, he will stay fired and drop his lawsuit against Shane. If Owens wins, Shane will be forced to leave WWE out. I think this is going to be the end of Shane for a little while. Yay! I, Which is I'm, unfortunate. I'm disappointed because like he's the best in the world. But I do. I actually like Shane McMahon. Like I think he's a nice, sometimes attraction. Sure. I don't think he should be wrestling as often as he has been. Mm-hmm. And the whole best in the world thing, I always thought was kind of insulting. But well, this good. This goes to Forrest's point about, you know, the roster is so deep. And he said, you know, a month off from house shows, Luke Harper was gone for a long time, perhaps too long. But he came back and Twitter, at least, and like lost their minds when Harper came back because we were convinced he was never coming back. We were convinced I was the Sasha. Yeah, but was I heard that guy back. can't even do a southern accent. So. So, you know, Rusev came back after, like, it's good for them to get here. Take eight weeks. Don't have to travel six days a week. Don't have to wrestle 10 to 20 minutes a night. You'll be amazed at how much better you feel. And, you know, you can come back in a couple of months when we have something that makes more sense for you. 
So. Agreed. Jeremy, good buddy Jeremy, glad to see him back. Uh, the subject line is O-U-P. Because I love you both, here's one question. For each of you, you can decide who answers which. The 1992 movie Candyman. Overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Squash matches in 2019. Overrated, underrated, or properly rated? As I haven't said it before or in a long time, thank you both for what you do to provide positive distractions from the troubles of the real world. We love you, Jeremy. We do. We love all of our fans. At some point, Jeremy and I... I I feel weird using that term. Best friends. Yeah. We thank all of our friends. Honestly, you're spending all this time listening to us. You know enough about our lives. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, and and Jeremy and I did a couple of podcasts, had a couple great conversations, hopefully going to do it again soon. Jeremy said things are starting to calm down in his world down there in Louisiana. So, you know, hopefully we will continue our Uber nerd draft and... The, you know, Brandon Banks, he didn't email this week, but again, friend of the show, Brandon Banks, sent out a Twitter poll. What would you like to see return more, the DDT Awards or the list? Who's winning? I believe it's the DDT Awards, actually. <laughs> Which was not like what he DDT intended. Awards. Um, tell me about the movie Candyman, unless it's going to be part of a upcoming Sound Scary, in which case we'll just listen to it there. Um, I'm sure it will be. A part of Sound Scary sooner or later. But um, it's a 1992 movie. It's more... It's got a the Candyman, uh, t- played by Tony Todd, who ostensibly has become sort of a lesser known, but, but a very cult-recognized slasher sort of character like Jason or, or Freddy Krueger even. And there were several sequels um, to it, as well as I think an upcoming remake. But I will say that original film is very much a a psychological horror movie in some ways, even though it does have slasher elements to it. And honestly, it's pretty well regarded, I think, by the general community. Tony Todd certainly is a legend, and I'm not disputing that. But personally, I'm going to go ahead and say Candyman is overrated. I've never actually really appreciated that first film. It's a classic. I, I acknowledge that. Um, but the plot line of it never, and especially the, the ending, which I won't really talk about, but it never sat right with me. I've never enjoyed, I've never really seen what people enjoy about it. I think it's a great concept. I love the concept of the Candyman, but I, I, again, I think ultimately that first film for me just doesn't quite fire on all cylinders to the point that I would consider it a favorite of mine. Does it actually How do you feel have anything sc- to do with candy? Sort of. If you count a man being tortured and covered in honey and attacked by bees and having a long, drawn-out, torturous death as uh, candy. But, you know, honey. How does that scene compare to Nicolas Cage at the end of The Wicker Man going, not the bees, not the bees? I don't think the scene really compares because I don't think it's really shown. It's just the backstory. If I'm remembering, but it's been a long time since I've seen that film. Okay. Um, squash matches in 2019, overly rated, underrated, or properly rated. I'll say they're properly rated. Um, the problem is they happen a little too often. Like the war Raiders had seven or eight 
And I like the War Raiders. They've got a fancy move set that certainly was a nice way to introduce them to the crowd. I don't know that you need to go against unknown talents that many times. Um, yeah. It's it's nice for, you know, to introduce casual wrestling fans to some of these NXT guys. Give them three or four and then start having them face. You've got, you know, the War Raiders could have wrestled Mojo Raleigh and Eric Young. And yeah. it would have I've been... Always... That's my one complaint about squash matches is I think they're appropriate. I think they have their uses, but very frequently they get on this kick of a certain talent being in squash matches and that lasts too long. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. It's only in the last two or three weeks that the War Raiders have started actually wrestling other people. So, um... All right, thank you for the email. I started reading up on Candyman, and I was like, oh, this this looks just... There's too many paragraphs here. It's totally up your alley. Yeah, I don't think so. Mitchell writes in, the title is Peace of Positivity, and he says... So when I don't have an email topic in mind, I've decided from now on I'm just going to share my Peace of Positivity for the week. Nice idea. Okay. Maybe more besties can do the same, so we spread more positivity. Love it. Which, based off my habits lately, will probably usually end up being a video game of some kind. Cool. I like video games. For this week, it's Stardew Valley. I never played Harvest Moon back on its heyday, but I did have a few enjoyable runs with it during college and a bit after post-college. I would always get addicted, but burn out around the end of the first year. If you don't know, Harvest Moon is a farming simulation RPG, and Stardew Valley is a super popular indie game inspired by the series. The creator of Stardew Valley loved Harvest Moon growing up, but felt the series stagnated early on, so it's essentially his take on what he would have liked that series to become. You can build relationship with the townspeople, grow crops, raise animals, go mining, go fishing, construct buildings, combat with monsters in the mines, all kinds of stuff. I get incredibly addicted to games like this that involve resource management and a continually growing empire, or, well, farm in this case. Unlike Harvest Moon, the music, relatively fleshed out characters, and extra gameplay variety helps offset my burnout. So after having a binge on it earlier this year, I've come back to make it to the end of the second year, which is kind of like an unofficial ending for Stardew Valley, though the same gameplay can continue indefinitely. I've been having a blast. Well, that's my piece of positivity. May the DDT besties besties spread it like a virus. Thank you, Mitchell. Were you looking it up? You started typing while I was reading. Oh, I was just looking up the Harvest Moon thing. Um, I've played Stardew Valley. It's fun. Okay, fair enough. Mitchell, you're I've never heard of good. it before. I, you say Stardew Valley, and I assumed it was a salad dressing. But uh, that's Hidden Valley. It is. Um, yeah, it's a little mellow. I, I didn't really catch me. I wasn't. I never. I don't think I got far enough in to appreciate the relationships between the town folk. So, never do you quite enjoy those me. sort of? resource management type games sometimes yeah um this game is also very mellow which can also have its place you know so sure i don't know that's kind of how i feel about minecraft i'm like i'm not doing anything crazy with it i'm just kind of 
oh, yeah. I'm going to make this road go this way and see what's out here. So, though, yeah. again, I've kind of stopped playing that as well. I'm not really playing a video game at this point. I had a slot machine on my phone for a while, and that's kind of a... But uh, I've been watching somebody play Oxygen Not Included. You oh, ever yeah. play that? Yeah. Um, I haven't played it, but it's from the guys who made Don't Starve. What's the name of the developer? Um, Clay. No it's idea. from Clay. The name of the character... Yeah, it's Clay. Um, they're good. They've made some really cool 2D art sort of games. That game mm-hmm. looks a lot of fun. It reminds me a lot of like Fallout Shelter... Or, um, you know, something in that vein. But, yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. I almost picked it up once or twice, but I kind of thought it would be the sort of game that I might play for six or eight hours, and that'd be it. So then I, I ended up not getting it. But Sure. Yeah, good developers. They make good stuff, and that game does look interesting. I'm always drawn to the simulator games. Like, I granted, I don't have a computer with the power to probably play a lot of these, but there's, like, the trucking simulator games, and I'm like... yeah. I would enjoy a game where I just drove. Like I would, I would like a game where you just kind of drive around the country. I would do like more of like a realistic thing. And yes, you're not going to like see the world necessarily, but I don't want to play or, Desert Bus though. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a whole other sort of special, I guess. Um, but I mean, you know, you could just get into uh, the not Colgate bomber and just sort of go view your uh, your brother-in-law and his family at this point. That's true. We, you know, we, at some point we will head our way, make our way to North Carolina. We've discussed going to Florida at some point. So that's true. I could just, yeah, get in the car and drive and not have to play a video game to simulate you that experience. You could actually drive somewhere. But how do, how do I, how do I get the experience of being a goat? Well, that you need Goat Simulator for, which is a game I have played and which is amazing. I've watched people play it and been like, oh man. This is all uh-huh. sorts of crazy. It's great. Our best. <laughs> I'm just looking at the picture. Our bestie Glenn um, sent us an email. Title is old school. Good evening, gents. You know that it's that time of year when pumpkin spice comes around. But this must be the strangest pumpkin spice item I've ever seen. See picture. Suppose could have been used at Halloween. It's a picture of pumpkin spice Chloroform, and chloroform, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, is a chemical that you would put onto a rag and put over someone's mouth, and when they inhale it, it causes them to lose consciousness. So that's chloroform for you. Uh, Havoc back in the WCW days. I don't recommend Doc do an air test on it. What is the strangest pumpkin spiced item you've ever seen? Thanks, Glenn. Uh, Yeah, I think when we do the DDT rewards show, if we get into that, I don't think this is something we should test. I think we should, but, you know, we'll get Hyman to come over. I was going to say, you try to convince tall guy of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is the strangest pumpkin spice item I've ever seen? Uh, I believe I have seen... um, pumpkin spice items that are meant to increase uh, pleasure in various activities <laughs> that, that shall remain nameless. So uh, how do they work? Well, I'm glad you they asked. They work well. <laughs> As someone who has taught fifth and sixth grade before, I have some experience in, in this sort of thing. I believe um, you call the stork. <laughs> <laughs> and he picks up a pumpkin on the way over. Okay, all right. 
I'm actually not sure what the weirdest pumpkin spice item is that I've seen. Have you had anything pumpkin spice yet? You know, fall officially started on Monday. I've had coffee. I've had a latte. I had one yesterday. After I got done teaching my uh, local microbiology class, which I'm enjoying a fair bit. Good. um, It's been a nice sort of break from some of the other issues, I guess, that's been going on. Um, So, yeah. I, I once had pumpkin spice flavored almonds and they were fucking terrible so i mean maybe i'd say that just because of how bad they were i have also seen pumpkin spice spice rub that they're like you know sprinkle this on a steak and cook the steak and i'm like remember simon didn't he like buy yes all spice because he couldn't find pumpkin spice and he put it in something to sort of try to get the the flavor. Yeah. Simon, buddy, what was that? What did you put that in? I forget. Did you make to make an all-spice pie? I, I can't remember. It might have been a pie. Because, uh, yeah. And he's not well, far off. I mean, it's just it's maybe a little more nutmeggy, I would say, than a pumpkin spice. But, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of weird, too. All right. Uh, Rob, we don't hear from Rob that often, but, uh, Rob sent us an email, Rob Bonnet, Bonnet, you have to tell me how to pronounce that. Uh, an it's idea. Is an idea. I'm listening to you guys talk about Eugene, and I was wondering how about characters who would not work today as a topic? Well, I feel like, uh, Liam Stryker and Jason Molotov for sure wouldn't currently work, not in this current climate. Um, so it's probably best that those characters stay I, retired. I believe you mean you're referring to Eddie McCabe. No, no, no. Eddie McCabe I have no problem with. <laughs> Liam Stryker, though. What an um, asshole. The Missing Link. No, that would be fun. The Zombie, The Mummy, all those guys they had trotted out on the sci-fi version of ECW, those all were all perfect, and they would continue to what work What about well. our favorite salad eater, Mantar? Oh, Mantar would be so good. Can't you just see a Fiend-Mantar alliance just taking the WWE by storm? Well, I suppose, to be fair, in NXT UK, You would have, have Hurt, Heel, Barbecue, and <laughs> Honey Mustard. You'd have to have several letters... <laughs> the same fingers, but... <laughs> uh, they do have... I'm going to forget one of their names, but there's, like, the Primate, and then there's... A, you know, they're called the Hunt, and one of them has, like, black contacts, and he wears, like, a mask with, like, horns on it, and... So I suppose... It, what were those Doom work. people in WCW? Ah, oh, it's not hot! What were those guys that Hogan feuded with? Shark, where you take Earthquake and just put a headband uh... on him that says Shark. Yeah, I mean, that would work. Let's be fair, that would work. Brutus Beefcake is the Zodiac. Yeah, that'd be fine, too. Um, I think the one thing that actually might not work is taking, like, so Savio Vega, before he was Savio Vega, they put him in a mask, and he was Quang, mysterious martial arts master, supposedly from the Orient. So putting guys in masks and claiming they're from other cultures and nationalities. Oh, they just like are. Lord, what was his name? Lord, um, I can't remember his name, but uh, Albert, Prince Albert played him. Remember he Lord came Tenzai. back? Lord Tensai. Lord Tensai, yes. That would, yes. I don't think, play very well. 
They didn't play though, even very well at that time, to be honest. Though, so. though to be fair, he was. They admitted he was a gaijin. He wasn't like supposed yeah. to be like. But even still, yeah, that sort yeah, of thing's still. not gonna. Not I also work. think to be to be serious about this question, I also don't know that a, a faction like the Nation of Domination would work very well today. I think it's just too charged. Yeah. Which, I mean, could be a good thing if you're trying to be edgy and trying to get eyes on the product, but I feel like the potential for outrage is just too high. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't I don't know that it's something that you would try to actually Well, AEW is running into that issue with Nyla Rose. Not that she's, you know, because she's transgender. Like, people huh. are running into an issue with that because she won the Women's Battle Royal, and people are like, but... Um, I actually think that's sort of a smart move because, I mean, you see that sort of thing in, like, you know, high school sports competitions and things like that. And that's, it is a real world political issue that is charged. But in some ways, again, if you're, I don't know, I guess it would, I guess you're right. I guess ultimately I don't think it works today, but I'm thinking back to the 1970s world of wrestling where you wanted people to think this stuff was real and you wanted sure. to play on those real the world. iron cheek even in the 90s sergeant slaughter betrayed america and allied himself with saddam hussein and yeah. people wanted to kill him now, that like, ended... i do think that's a valid approach for wrestling but in the world in a world of 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 kayfabe like just being known yeah, I guess that just doesn't work anymore. Well, in a world of kayfabe and in a world of WWE being a publicly traded company, I think that ended with Muhammad Hassan. Yeah. I think that's kind of the end, you know. Sure. Yeah. All, all, all things that just, yeah, for one reason or another, I, I really couldn't get away with anymore. Yeah. Danielle Sullivan, fall is here. Happy, Happy Wednesday. Okay. You go ahead. No, you're... You want to no, read no, the no. long By one? Go for means. it. By all means. DC, I'd like you to take this one. Happy Wednesday. It's already Thank midterm you. season, but it doesn't feel like it. Maybe it's because last fall went by slower, and when midterms arrived, it felt more like midterm season. Is it midterm season? It's a little early still. Yeah. Like Give another two weeks. While being intrigued with Eugene's character in 2004... I am also intrigued by the Matt Hardy, Lita, Kane story as well. Lita is now pregnant with either Matt or Kane's child, and this is leading to SummerSlam 04. I don't oh, recall. Man. This just leads to greatness. Well, just wait for the next sentence. I okay. don't recall how the rest of the story plays out. Oh, but... man, you are in for a treat. But it is interesting that this story follows a month after the love triangle of Chris Jericho, Christian, and Trish Stratus. Just remember, Danielle, it wasn't his fault. I'm just going to go ahead and talk. Like, this is honestly one of my favorite storylines since being reintroduced to wrestling back in college. I understand it's not good, but it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. I really, I yes, I really enjoyed where this. It's the gift that just kept on giving for quite like your, some time. I like your poetry. <laughs> I, yeah, so good. Question: Dead man, dead man in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Question: 
Have there been times in WWE, television, etc., where you've seen a company complete one segment or storyline and start one up of the similar style, yet told in a different and unique way? I've found that the Matt Lita Kane storyline is intriguing, but similar to Eugene's, and it may not play out well in 2019. If the way the story was told in 2004 was adjusted to the way stories have shifted in 2019, it could be another entertaining factor in television. These are the random musings I think of with commuting lengthy amounts of time six days a week, or when my smart car and I almost get blocked in via a dump truck because all I want to do is drop off my monthly recycling, and in the end couldn't do it because they never properly closed the roads off to the recycling center. Sigh, city life. Also, I didn't pay too much attention at 7 this morning, so that was also partially my fault. Nonetheless, that provided a bit of comedic relief after the fact. I think that's all I have today, so cheers to October starting next week. Eek. Cheers, Danielle. Yeah, funny. Several people writing in about storylines. I guess the, yeah, the little thing we, we talked about Eugene last week really ignited the imaginations of the besties. Now there's a part of me that's like, all right, let's go back to this to these storylines and revisit them. Because, you know, there's no podcasts that do that, that watch old stuff and then do podcasts about it. None. Um, have there been times in WWE television where you've seen a company complete one segment or storyline and start one of the similar... St- this is not your answer, but wrestling for the last... 50, 60 years or so has been about chasing titles. That's kind of the storyline. So, yes, but I don't think that's really what she's going for here. I think it's more of... I seem to remember... I can't remember the specifics of the storylines. This is not a very interesting anecdote, ultimately. But I remember there was a time where it seemed like no matter what impact wrestling probably TNA at the time, no matter what they were putting on television, people were just like, that is a total ripoff of the WWE. They're doing the exact oh, yeah. same thing. And I don't, I remember it feeling at the time, you know, whether that was justified or not, that it was just constantly people were comparing those products and it was like, oh yeah, total ripoff, total ripoff, total ripoff. Um, so yeah, I, I can't think of any specifics. Sorry, but I, I do feel like certainly, you know, mid 2000s, that was a, uh, recurring theme of Mm -hmm. comparing the two companies for sure. The problem with WWE now is that they're doing these storylines that are the exact same thing. So Baron Corbin has now defeated Chad Gable multiple times. And besides the fact that Baron Corbin won the King of the Ring, all hail good King Corbin, um, the idea is that he keeps calling Chad Gable short and keeps making jokes at the fact that he's short. I mean, he's very short. So last night on SmackDown, Chad Gable, it looks like, is going to be starting a program with Elias, and Elias is calling him short. Gee. How riveting. Now, maybe they'll go a different way with that, but I don't think so. I think... I bet you he gets some platform uh, boots... And they start ridiculing him for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'll have to think about that, Daniel. That's a good question. 
All right, our next one comes from Kevin. Sorry, no email tonight. Hi, chaps. Sorry, can't email tonight as I'm driving home. Thanks, Kev. Get Outlook for iOS. Okay, this email confuses me because it says no email. In and the yet, email. It is an email. And the subject says he can't email, but he emailed. Our last email comes from Nate, discussion slash questions. Hello, gentlemen. It's been far too long since I've emailed you guys. Apologies for that. Love what you guys do and love your kind of humor and amazing wrestling and food talk. Two questions for you this time. One, with all the changes we're seeing to pro wrestling, how do you see it affecting the mainstream culture, if at all? Two, is pro wrestling becoming too big for its own good? What I mean is we're going to have... Monday Raw, Tuesday Impact, Wednesday Ah and Next, Thursday Next Ook, Friday SmackDown, and then Progress and, and Jibidow sprinkled in there too. There's a lot of content for only one person to keep up with, even if you only watch two promotions. It's mind-boggling how much there really is. Sorry, that drifted away from the question. Have a great night, fellas. Nate. I've noticed, because full disclosure, we're past the 8 o'clock hour, which is not a usual time for us to podcast. You've kind of gotten a little punchy now that it's past 8. Punchy? Whatever do you mean? I have no idea. NXT ook. <laughs> well, that's what it says. Ook. Um, let's start with the second question. Uh, yes. You've, you've mentioned, even before we started going down this crazy train um, that there was too even just in WWE, just with Raw and SmackDown, a pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, it's too much. I really do feel like this is going to start having to become something like um, other sports where you're not going to watch, you don't watch the games of all 30 baseball teams, you watch the teams you're interested in. So people are going to have to start choosing brands and being like, look, I'm going to watch NXT and NXT UK and AEW. And that's it. And I'm not going to watch Raw and SmackDown except for the pay-per-views. And that's yeah. okay. It is okay, except it, it's not set up like, like other sports teams. Ultimately here, if people are choosing NXT over Raw and SmackDown, you're not benefiting one company. You're, you're bet. It, you're 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 positively affecting the WWE and you're negatively affecting the WWE at the same time by choosing to not watch their other brands. It, so it, it's it's not quite the same, and I just don't know how that works out long term. In some ways, this is going to sound kind of weird, but you know, I, I sort of feel like wrestling is in a bubble. You know, we talk about the podcast bubble of two years ago, and now we've seen how, at least in our or in our own sort of local circles, how that's sort of popped. I mean, at some point, there aren't enough fans to sustain the WWE, and I think that's something that, I mean, I'll be pleasantly surprised if I'm wrong, okay? And I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not sure, for as cool as it is, to have the rights of Raw and SmackDown broken up between NBC and Fox, I'm not sure that there's enough wrestling fans to dedicate to each of these brands that both television companies are going to view it as independently successful. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I, I think it's a real risk. Because no, you I are think asking that's... them to spread their attention between a lot of different programs. Yeah, I think that's fair. Again, now, 
continuing, I was going to move into a different analogy, but continuing the sports analogy, you know, football's on CBS and NBC and Fox, and they think it's good, but there are probably, well, not probably, there are way more fans for football than there are for wrestling. Um, maybe but again, like, in terms of the corporate structure, the different franchises are propping up their own teams. So is, it like we a, have a, so is it we like have a, a cable channel? Now, granted, they have to be on other cable channels, but, you know, like if you watch ABC and I watch the show that's on at 9 and I don't watch the show that's on at 9.30, like, yes, yeah. that, that hurts ABC because they'd like me to keep watching, but at the same time, they're glad I watched at 9. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's sort of mm. analogous to, you know, the NFL and the, the networks as well, except the NFL has the added layer of actual franchise owners. Yes. Whereas the WWE doesn't have that buffer, no. which is what no. I'm saying. I, no, don't know, that, I, don't, you're right I honestly don't know how that negatively affects the WWE, but I just I do feel like it's different somehow, and there's a filter there. It's going to be very interesting to see. Like, AEW could be hugely successful. And could fail completely. They've got they've got the billionaire backer, so as long as he's willing to keep putting money in it, that's fine. But the thing that's I, weird about AEW is they haven't even debuted their show yet, and I feel like they missed the window. Like I I honestly feel like a year ago oh, yeah. was the time to launch that show, and now people are already sort of looking past it. And it hasn't even started yet. It's been it's been something we've talked about for so long that now it's no longer in many ways the cool you're right, they absolutely missed the window. If they had gone right after all in last year, every the momentum would have been there. Now you've had all in, you've had all out, you've had double or nothing, you've had fighter fest, you've been made mistakes, things haven't gone according to plan. People have had time to get their expectations raised to such a level that if they don't meet it, now it's becoming the cool thing to kind of be like, oh, when Kenny Omega talks about how good they are compared to how bad WWE is, people are turning on him much faster than I think they would have done a year ago. I agree. So, and yeah, WWE might not work too. I'm not wild about to get to his first question. Um, WWE is going to become more of pop culture with them on Fox and... USA, like the draft apparently is going to I actually to don't think so. The draft is going to have like experts from the NFL. Like they're going to have like personalities from those brands. Well, okay. I'm interested to see how that plays out then. Because my gut instinct is that wrestling is something that people have a lot of nostalgia for people our age you know they remember sure. either the golden age or i guess more like the silver age you know hogan and the early days of the wwe's pay-per-view era they remember the attitude era very fondly but at this point most of those people are beyond that and i'm not sure that they've actually made enough new fans to make this a cultural phenomenon i think most people have made up their mind on wrestling and they've made it up in such a way that they're never... Well, I'm not going to say never. But in the short term, I don't see them being able to attract a large enough audience to have a mainstream pop cultural effect. I hope I'm wrong. 
No, you I might be I'm right. Wrong. The biggest names right now are Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch. Now, granted, the 80s were completely different. Everybody knew who Hulk Hogan was because he was all over the small amount of TV stations and things you had. But I'm not sure that we're wrong. You know, the, actually, no, that's I'm wrong. The biggest name in WWE is still John Cena, who hasn't wrestled in I don't know how long. Right. Yeah. So I think you're, you know, I don't think it's going to totally take over pop culture, but I think Fox will push. So people who are watching Fox programs might start seeing more WWE people taking part. So we'll see. I don't know. We will. We will it's, see. It is going to be a very interesting few months to see how this looks and how this changes the landscape. And I hope it is in a positive way, which brings me to my question, Doc Manson. What is your piece of positivity for the week? Oh, man, it's, it's funny because we end the show the same way every week, and it just seems like more and more I, I, I never have an answer for you. Um, Would you like me to go first? By all means. For years, and well, yeah, for years, I have heard about a program called The Great British Baking Show, or whatever it's actually called. And for years, I was like, I don't – baking is science. This is the comparison that is always made. Baking is science. You have to take specific measurements. If you get the measurements wrong, it's going to seriously affect it. It's about you know, chemical compounds and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't do well with that. I like to cook. That is more of an art. I can add a splash of this or a touch of that, and it's not going to affect how the end product – it's not going to drastically change how the end product happens unless I really screw something up. So I was like, I have no interest in watching The Great British Baking Show. Mrs. Matthews started watching it. She was like, I think you might enjoy it because it's got some silly British humor, plus it's got that. So I was like, sure, I will sit in with you and put in, we'll watch an episode, which turned to four in a night. Um, and we have just finished one season on Netflix. It was season five, which had, for those in the UK who watched, that was Bin Gate, in which uh, they were tasked to make a baked Alaska. Um, Diane, who was my favorite, may or may not have taken Ian's baked Alaska out of the freezer for an unspecified amount of time, which may or may not have caused his baked Alaska not to freeze properly. When he realized it wasn't going to work, he threw it out and walked off the set, which in British UK TV shows is the same way as like he stabbed the host with an ice pick. Um, so it became this major deal. Uh, Ian, of course, was was disqualified from the show. Diane was not returning after that. They said it was because she was ill. I think it's because there was question as to whether or not she intentionally sabotaged another person's creation. It's it's quite entertaining. Huh. I've heard good things about that show for sure. I would think that your wife would love that show. Yeah, probably. I think I would like it too. Uh, is it on Netflix? Yes, there's like seven, I think, collections of so seven seasons. Um, <clears throat> it, is, it is a perfect show when you're winding down, 
when you're having just you and the missus and Oscar. Oscar's in his WWE title bed. It's a perfect show to put on, and you just kind of let yourself get to that part where you're starting to consider sleep. If you fall asleep at the end, it's not the end of the world. You can go back and catch up. I recommend it. All right, yeah, that sounds like fun. And now having a personal recommendation, maybe I'll check out an episode. All right. Um, my piece of positivity hasn't happened yet, but I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to next week. Because next week is October 1st, and ah. the return of the 31-day horror movie challenge. I have no idea what I'm going to watch this month, but I'm going to try to do it again. I'm going to try to watch a horror movie a day, and I'm looking forward to seeing what I see. I think GQ should do it. I think it would be great if he tried, <laughs> but no offense, GQ, you have a family and responsibilities, which are things that I don't have. So <laughs> makes it a little bit easier, you know? Well, I look forward because, well, it, next week it'll be October 2nd when we record, if we're still recording on a Wednesday. Um, not only the beginning of AEW Dynamite, but um, I'll be interested to see what the first movie was. Yeah. I think you should. Does it have to be new movies? Is that your thing? It has to be 31 new movies? It doesn't have to be a new movie. It can be an old movie, but it has to be new to me. That's what I meant. Yeah. It has to be a movie. Uh, hey, I recommend the saxophone movie. It looks great. <laughs> I'd have to find out what the English title is and then find it. <laughs> I bet if you Google searched Italian movie saxophone um, sexual, I bet you'd figure <laughs> out what it was. Yeah, I mean, saxophone and giallo probably can't have too many hits. I'm just saying, a minute, th an hour 13 into the podcast, uh, Italian movie saxophone sexual, I think, is the name of this episode. <laughs> you make sure to send to that to me in an email, because there's no way I'm going to remember. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I hope you remember to enjoy this show. Though, if you don't, there's really nothing we can do about it. But, um... Doc Manson, anything you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? Sorry you're doing research and I threw the end of the show at you. If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can do so by sending a message to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can listen to our entire back catalog by going to www.ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice, such as... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And finally, if you like what you've heard... And how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to put, put just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps to keep the lights on. We greatly appreciate it. It keeps the podcast train chugging we think we can we think we can we think we can he is doc manson at doc manson i am dc matthews at the dc matthews i can't remember if we said that at the front but if if we didn't hey that's me uh thanks for joining us on episode 192 the, the that sounds right the trek yeah. to 200 continues until we meet again my friends won't you be our bestie <laughs>